0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Saturday, March the 25th, 2023. It is currently 9.41 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now I have debated with myself for a few hours right i i've been having this conversation like no 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 you no no don't do a broadcast about that don't do it don't do it it's just going to cause trouble it's just going to be controversial you're going to lose subscribers people are not going to like it and then there's the other part of me going no 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 you need to take the ipad you need to march right upstairs right now go sit in front of that microphone go live because there has to be hundreds if not thousands of other people who are Christians, who believe in Christ and his finished work on the cross for their salvation alone, but they struggle with the same questions, the same doubt, the same, they have the same confusion. They they, 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 they just, they don't think it makes sense either. And, and then the other part's like, no, 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 no. The, the, there's only a very, a ver- only a very few people have those doubts and have those questions. Most people are just going to get upset with you. And the other side's like, no, 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 no. No, I think there's a lot more people out there who need to hear it. No, nobody needs to hear it. No, someone needs to hear it. No, nobody. Okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Well, obviously, the side of me that says I should talk about this, obviously won. I've done everything I could to distract myself. I've done everything I could to try to stop myself. But here I sit on a Saturday evening. And trust me, I have other things I could be doing on a Saturday evening. I I still have a lot to work out about what I'm going to do tomorrow at Victory Baptist Church. So I've got sermons and and Sunday school lessons and Sunday night and and live broadcasts tomorrow. I've got a lot to work on. But I I, I feel that I absolutely have to do this. And part of the reasons I feel like I have to do this is because... I saw the comment section under a few news articles. And I saw all of the back and forth. And I saw many Christians saying, or professing Christians, saying some of the most absurd things that I've ever heard in my life, just absolutely absurd. And 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 and, and in fact, if you really broke it down, things that would be very hurtful for anyone who was suffering, or who encountered this tragedy that we're going to be talking about. Now, I know I'm being somewhat cryptic. I know I'm not giving you all the details. But I'm trying to, to make it very clear that I take no pleasure, that like, I'm not just turning on the microphone to go, oh, I'm just going to say these controversial things just because, I, no, I I, I don't want to talk about these things. And 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 in fact, part of the reason I don't want to talk about these things is because I don't have any answers. But I've been struggling with this basically my entire Christian life. And after all of these years, I'm still no closer to an answer. I've heard... All Christians try to give me answers, but I believe many of their answers are nothing more than excuses. And I know I—I I, that's the way I perceive them. I perceive them that, that they're excuses because Christians don't want to face the harsh reality of some very difficult truths that nobody really wants to talk about because we sell Christianity in such a way that we, it almost leads us to deny reality. But the reality is often ugly, confusing, confounding, discouraging, depressing, frustrating, irritating, anger-inducing, i whatever adjective you want to use to describe it. Right now you don't you can't because you don't really know what I'm talking about. But are you ready? All right. We're going to be talking this evening, tonight about tornadoes and prayer. Now, I think I officially wrote the title down as Prayer and Tornadoes, but I think I really need to flip it around. I think I need to say Tornadoes and Prayer. You've probably seen the news story. It's all over the place. I'll, I'm going to read it from two different sources. Here's one source. You ready? Mississippi meteorologist prays on air as, torna- as tornado heads directly for small town. So a Mississippi meteorologist, a Mississippi weatherman is on the air. He he sees on the radar that a tornado is heading directly towards a small town and he starts praying. Let me read a little bit here uh, uh, from the article. Now, first uh, it says, watch WTVA meteorologist, and it gives his name, overwhelmed as a major tornado hits uh, Amory, Mississippi, a Mississippi meteorologist shocked by radar images of a tornado belt headed for a small town in his viewing area, broke down on Friday and prayed live on the air. Um, and I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, uh, WTVA's Matt Laban, Lab- Laban. Uh, was overcome as he watched his radar screen while delivering the weather. He saw that the tornado was heading directly towards the town of Emory shortly before 11 p.m. on Friday. Now, I know I'm not saying his name correctly. Hopefully, I'm saying the name of the Mississippi town. If I'm not, I apologize, but obviously, that's not the main focus here. The focus is, here's a weatherman live on the air, and he starts praying. Here's a little bit of a quoting. Here's the thing about this. Y'all trust me too much, he said on the new ca- newscast. I tell you where it's going to go, and some of you guys are like, that's where it's going to go. The reality of this, this could be changing direction. So, Emery, we need you to be in our safe place. The weatherman kept his gaze fixa- fixated on his radar screen during his segment. At one point, leaning down on his table, Oh, man, north side of Emory, this is coming in, he said. Oh, man, dear Jesus, please help them. Amen. So there he is, live on the air. He begins to pray. It's a very short prayer. But dear Jesus, help them. Amen or amen, depending on what part of the country you're from. Now. Some people, I think most of the people were like, "Hey, it's fine. He can pray on the air. I don't really care one way or the other." Others were saying, "Well, is it appropriate?" Well, I mean, well, well if he can pray in Jesus' name on the air, then can a Muslim pray on the air in the name of Allah? Can would, would would could a Satanist pray in the name of Satan? How would Christians feel about? Because I guarantee you, if a Muslim prayed on the air. During a storm, Christians would be like, he needs to be removed from television. And Christians would be losing their mind. But I'm not even really focused on that. I'm not even focused on that. I think there would be a big double standard because if a Muslim prayed on the air, Christians would lose their mind. They just would uh, because Christians have this double standard that the freedom we want, we want to deny other people. Right? It's, it's it's really weird, but we won't get into that. But for me, the issue was he prayed on the air. Great. He prayed in Jesus' name. Great. So I'm assuming he's a professing Christian, or at least maybe there's a chance that he is. Obviously, he's praying in Jesus' name. There's a probability that he is. I mean, he could possibly be Mormon, you know, but you get the idea, right? So he prays in Jesus' name, live on the air. Okay, wonderful. Now, you can probably guess what shows up in the news comments, and the comments section underneath these news articles. Well, they prayed in Jesus' name. Obviously, the prayer didn't work. The prayer didn't work because, at least according to one source, so far the tornado has claimed 23 lives in Mississippi with several people who died in the county where Emory is located. So in the very area he was praying for, Jesus helped them, people died. 23, according to this source, I'd have to look at all the other sources. I think maybe the number's up to 24 or 25, but 23, 24, 25 people have died, even though the weatherman prayed. Now, one Christian in the comment section said, well, the reason the people died is because they didn't accept the prayer. What? Wait, what? What? So so if you're in the middle of a tornado, you better only watch the news channel where the news anchor, pr- the meteorologist prays for you, and then you better accept the prayer. If you don't accept the prayer, you're going to die. Look, like, what is that? Uh, many people called that person out in the comment section, was like, what kind of twisted logic is that? But that's because Christians panic. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Everyone's claiming, well, prayer didn't work. Prayer didn't work. No, no, no. Prayer works. God does miracles. But it has to be the people who died. It had to be their fault. Had to be their fault. It had to be their fault. We always got to blame someone because we got to get God off the hook. Yes, that's, yeah, someone just said, didn't accept the prayer. What? Yeah, I know. When I read it, I was absolutely shocked as well when, when when it was a female who said it. And a lot of the people were like, what kind of twisted, messed up thinking is that? So the people who died, is because they didn't accept the prayer. Others obviously were like, well, once again, prayer doesn't change anything. Prayer doesn't do anything. Prayer doesn't do anything. You can pray, 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 pray. It doesn't do anything. And come on, we just have to be brutally honest. Like like nobody likes this. When you say this stuff in church, when you say this in small group, when you say this in small group, uh, in Sunday school, Christians almost bow up. They get, they get defensive. They get emotional. Like, how dare you say that? But come on, how many people die every single day in this world from starvation? Now, you can dedicate yourself praying for them to stop people start starving to death. I'm sorry, they're still going to starve to death. How many people die every single day in this country from cancer? Pray every day that people would stop dying from cancer. How many people die from heart attacks? How many people die from aneurysms? How many people die? I mean, just go on and on and on and on and on and on. How many people die every year in this country because of drunk drivers? How many children are molested every single day in the United States of America? How many women are raped? I mean, we can go on. And how many people are murdered? How many kids are kidnapped? How many people are being sexually trafficked? Trafficked? How? I mean, we can go on and on and on, and on and on and on and on and on. How many people are suffering? In war zones, how many people are suffering because of corrupt governments? How many people are suffering in poverty? I mean, we, how many people are suffering from all kinds of other horrible diseases? How many people die every single year uh, around the globe because of, cli- of uh, weather disasters whether it's a flood whether it's a blizzard whether it's a tornado whether it's high winds whether it's wildfires because of dry conditions on and on and on and on and on light lightning strikes i mean just go on just look up all the death rates I mean these are just realities. And no and 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 but people say no 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 prayer prayer can do it. Prayer can do it. Well go stand in front of an F5 tor- tornado and and pray and see if it stops. Obviously, that's not the way things normally work. We just have to deal with the reality. The way life normally works is there is death, there is pain, there is suffering, there is tragedy, there is crime, there is disease, there is uh, weather tra- uh, disasters, on and on and on and on and on and on, they happen at such a frequent rate that we don't even much. We, I mean, we, and, and in fact, it really takes something big for us to even really get our attention. I mean. Even even with school shootings, if the number doesn't get high enough, people have already, oh, well, two people were shot. Big deal. We'll move on. It's got to get to a bit. It's got to be shocking. How many people died? Okay, next. How many people died? Next. Like the story has to be really tragic even to really stop the, the movement of the nation to give it any attention. So you can pray, 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 People are going to die. These things are going to happen. That's just a fact. You may not like it. You may get mad at me, but you can you can organize 24-7 prayer centers and have people pray around the clock. And you can have people fasting around the clock. These things are going to continue on because we live in a fallen world. And all of creation groans. Under the curse of sin. All of it. That's just the reality. Now the problem is how do we how do we understand prayer in light of this reality? Where does prayer fit in in light of this reality? Now, by all means, if you see a tornado coming, pray. By all means, pray. I'm not saying I'm not telling you don't pray. I'm not telling you not to pray, but I just want to sh- to understand that here this man pray people still died. The tornado still did. Now people say, "What? Well, a lot of Christians are saying, "Well, more people could have died." See, so so God spared the, the, the 23, the 24, the 25 died. Well, too bad about them, but it probably was going to be a hundred. It was probably going to be 200. And, and God, God saved the 100. He, he didn't worry about the 25, but he at least saved the, two, he saved thousands more. That's how some Christians are trying to answer it. Well, he saved some because not everyone died. What? Okay. All right. So I guess you, I guess that makes you feel better. I guess that makes you feel better. I guess that makes you feel bad. And not only that, do you see how confounding and confusing it is? Hey, there's a tornado. Jesus helped them. Well, who's the one who could have stopped the tornado from ever forming? The sovereign of the universe. The one who knows the beginning from the end. Could not he have stopped said tornado from forming? In the fr- It's always weird where like tragedy is happening. Like let's pray. Well, we're praying to the God Who's allowing the tragedy to unfold? It's like, hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, there's a massive wildfire. Let's pray. Well, who who's, who let the wildfire start in the beginning? Hey, there's a massive hurricane coming. Let's pray. Well, who let the hurricane form in the first place? Who, who drove the hurricane to that location? Like, either God is completely out of control. Like, he has no control. So then what's the point of praying to him? Either he's has no control, so there's no point in praying. But if he has control, then you're praying to the one who has control, who hasn't used that control to stop it from forming in the first place. Either you're praying to a God who has no control, so it's useless in praying, or you're praying to a God who is in complete control, so you're praying to the very one who's causing the situation you're praying about. So I mean these are these I mean these are the issues that I think any reasonable rational person wrestles with any I mean I look if you never wrestle with this if you never struggle with this if you, if this doesn't lead to doubts and and difficulties and discouragement and depression then I then I I mean I Look, one either? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how you could live that way. It's almost like, like you have to live in the denial of reality. But like right here on my iPad, I have a number of police scanner apps. One of my police scanner apps will give me notifications anytime like there's a major alert in any particular city. I get them all the time. Shooting, fire, you know, fire. Uh, uh, 15 car pileup and I'll, and I'll listen. Sometimes I'll go on my scanner app and listen to it, or I'll just listen to a Chicago, one of the Chicago police scanner frequencies on a Friday or Saturday night. And it's just like, I mean, just horrible things after horrible things after horrible things after horrible. And I'm just like, wow, now I could sit here and pray for each one. I could. I could and 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 if you want to do that by all means do that. Look, download the police scanner apps, download all the weather apps, set up your notifications so that you get notification for severe weather all across the United States of America. Have listen to the police scanner and pray about every situation. More power to you. I'm not telling you not to pray. What I'm trying to do is the reality of prayer. And again, you're either praying to a God who has no control, so then your prayer is useless, or you're praying to the God who's in absolute control, so you're praying to the one who in a sense knew the storm was coming, directed the storm, decreed the storm, knew that could stop the storm, like— I mean, like, how do you, you've got to find a way in your brain to process that. And Christians, when they try to, when they usually get defensive and they start trying to explain it, it's usually like, all you can hear is their emotion. They get mad. And it's like, why are you getting so angry? You should be like, well, yeah, this is difficult. What do we do? How do we handle that? And I've talked about this on this podcast numerous times. Now I'm always struggling with the subject. Let me just be honest with you. I you I, I I don't want to make this about me, but I, I have to tell the story because this is where my problem started. I've talked about this in the past. Most of you know where I'm going. A brand new Christian, my mom, you know, she's in the hospital. Basically, you know, it, it looks like it's over. Pray, I spent all night in church praying 24 hours and well, she died. My father, cancer, pray, died. So two parents dead, gone. Prayed, begged, pleaded, fasted, died. I can count plenty of other situations. Women I worked with who were diagnosed with cancer, prayed, fa- died. I, I can go through all kinds of situations. Prayed for people in the military who left to go to Afghanistan and, uh, or, or Iraq. They came back in a, in a body bag. They came back in a casket, draped in an American flag. I mean, I I could go on and on. One of my commanders died while out jogging, died. I I could go, I mean, lots of uh, different people in the military died. Patients can't died. How many people, when the towers were struck by airplanes on September the 11th, 2001, did you pray for those people? Oh, 3,000 people, uh, over 3,000 people died, or I think around 3,000 people died. How many uh, Did you pray when we invaded Iraq? How many people ultimately died in that war? How, did you pray when we invaded Afghanistan? How many people died? I wonder if people were praying during World War II while Hitler was systematically exterminating 6 million Jews. I mean, that's the reality. Now, I know we're called to pray. I'm not denying that in any way, shape, or form. But I wonder if our understanding of prayer, like I'm still trying to, after all of these years, I know I'm supposed to pray. No question about it. I know I'm supposed to pray. I'm supposed to pray without ceasing. I know this. I know I fall short in doing it. I know that supposedly the, the, the prayer of the righteous man availeth much. I know that. But I, I struggle with this. So here in Mississippi, a weatherman prays. It's a short prayer. And Jesus, Jesus, dear Jesus, help them. And, you know, in, in, in Jesus' name, oh amen. I don't have the entire prayer there. But I mean, it's v- basically that short. You can find video clips of it. It's, it's, it's basically very short. And 20-something people died. It's the, it's the same thing that I get kind of frustrated after a, a mass shooting. We're going to pray for the, for the victim. You're, you're going to pray for who, who are you praying for? You, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Your thought, you're praying to the God who let the shooting happen. He could have stopped the shooting a thousand different ways. He could have kept the shooter from either the sh- shooter being detected before he ever gets to the school. He could he could he could have the shooter detected right when he gets there, and the, and the people are able to lock the doors and and they're protected. He he could he could get in a car accident on the way there. He could drop dead of a heart attack. His gun could stop working. I mean, there's a million things that could happen. That that but it doesn't, so then we're we're gonna pray, well, we're praying I mean like we're praying to the God who did to stop it in the first place that that is that is just a a philological reality that we have to like wrestle with and and more and more people in the culture now this is something Christians are forgetting. more and more people in the culture are asking those questions. And they're getting really sick and tired when tragedy strikes. Christians saying, well, we're praying for you. They're like, well, your prayers haven't stopped the tragedies yet. People in the culture are becoming more and more tired of hearing that. Now, I know when Christians say that, they have the best intentions, but it's not comforting to people anymore. Like I think there was a time people were like, well, thank you so much for praying. I think now people are like, well, your prayers aren't working. And that makes Christians very uncomfortable. But how do we understand prayer? Let me give you an example. I'll just give you an example. Because I've been thinking a lot about prayer since my last live broadcast that I did on prayer. I've been really struggling with it, struggling with it, struggling with it. I've been, I've tried to think of some things I could do to increase the amount of prayer, maybe to get people in our audience involved in prayer. Like, Like, what could we do? I came up with all kinds of ideas. I haven't really you know, formulate it or, or put them into action. But I'm like, you know, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? Because look, here's what I know. I don't understand. Here, Here's kind of my approach. I have no clue how prayer is supposed to work and how it, co- course, I know there's books written trying to figure out, well, God is sovereign, but man has a responsibility to pray, prayer, and somehow it all works together. Like I, I, I can hear all of the attempts to make it work, but I know this. I don't have no clue how it works, but I know that I'm called to pray. So it's something I know that that's something I need to do. That's something I should do. That's something that I must get better at. I know that. So I, I, some, at some point, you just have to say, I don't understand it, but I know I'm supposed to do it. But, for example, so I, I've just been looking and looking and looking and looking and struggling and struggling. I was going to read another news article about the uh, about it. Uh, Oh well, the okay. Now here's another article. This was updated an hour ago. Uh, There's nothing left. Tornadoes kill 26. All right, and so uh, and then it talks about the devastation and how one town just basically just no longer exists. It was just gone, and so there you go. 26 people. So it's up to 26 people, and it tells all of the horrible things that happened and how bad the tornadoes were. And yeah, yeah, there you go. And then I've got another news story here about local meteorologists uh, prayed live on air as deadly storm neared town in Mississippi. And, uh, and I probably, I probably could find out how to say his name correctly, but that wasn't my focus, but here, here's what I did. I, I was looking around just about like philological different books and, in, in church history on prayer. So I downloaded the Chapel Library app, the Chapel Library app. Now, I would highly encourage everyone to download the Chapel Library app. Chapel Library puts out some amazing materials and resources uh, pulling from church history. Lots of content, lots of great content. Um, they publish uh, the London Baptist Confession of Faith kind of study guide that we use at our church that we uh, usually give people. It has the London Baptist Confession of Faith in it, and then it has study questions for people to, to to answer as they're working through the London Baptist Confession of Faith. So we've used their materials at different times. I've ordered different things from them to give out to the congregation or, or to put at the front of the church that if anyone visits, they can take all the material they want and different things like that but chapel library chapel library uh, i would definitely challenge you to download the app all right uh, and it's a it's kind of a bluish app with the background there's like a mountain and behind the mountain is like a sun all right it's interesting how much artwork and uh, christianity uses that uh, image we, with the hymn book we, okay we okay all right we won't go through everything that we've been talking about but i downloaded the chapel library uh, app and i downloaded the book Prayer by John Bunyan, written in the 1600s. Now John Bunyan is famous for uh, obviously Pilgrim's Progress, and he lived 1628 to 1688, so somewhere in the 1600s, he wrote a book on prayer. So I looked at it. I'm going to skip that part, and I'm just going to read a little bit from it, all right? Prayer. Uh, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also, 1 Corinthians fourteen, fifteen. Introduction. Prayer is an ordinance of God, and that to be used both in public and private, yea, such an ordinance as brings those that have the spirit of supplication into great familiarity with God— And is also so prevalent in action that it getteth of God both for the person that prayeth and for them that are prayed for great things. So according to Bunyan, prayer is an ordinance of God. This is something God ordains for us to do right? It's just, I've never referred to prayer as an ordinance. Sometimes we'll refer to baptism or the Lord's Supper as an ordinance, but basically prayer is an ordinance. Now, please note that one part, I like that idea that we're supposed to pray, and this will bring us into um, great familiarity with God, all right? I think when we pray, it does direct our focus upon God. It sets our affection on things above. Okay, I think that's a good, it gets our focus off our circumstances and focuses on God. All right, good. I, I can go with that. But then immediately, what does it go to? It is prevalent in action that it getteth of God. We get from God. You get for the person that's praying. Hey, right here, uh, I just got from my uh, – I just got from uh, one of my uh, police scanner apps, just got a notification as I'm talking that uh, currently police are chasing a, a DWI driver who they believe is drunk, and they're they're currently in a, a car chase with the individual. Now, are they going to crash? Someone going to be hurt? But I'm just saying right there, just got a notification right there on, on – and I can't remember which state that was in, but right there to just give you an example. It's a Saturday night. People are out drinking and, well, accidents happen and people get hurt. And yeah, that's just the reality of the world. But according to Bunyan, we get great, great familiarity with God. I, I don't have an issue with here that. And here's where I begin to struggle. We get of God, both for the person that prays and for them that they are prayed for, great things. See, if we pray, we will get great things. For the one who's praying and for the ones we pray for, we'll get great things for them. Now, it's always stated like almost like a dogmatic way. Now, I know some will say, well, no, not in every case. Not, but I, I know we won't in some cases, which then makes it very difficult. So then the question is, would the people who get the supposed good things, would they still get the good things if people didn't pray for them? That begins to raise those kinds of questions. it goes on to say a prayer. It is the opener of the heart of God and a means by which the soul though empty is filled by prayer. The Christian can open his heart to God as to a friend and obtain fresh testimony of God's friendship to him. I might spend many words in distinguishing between public and private prayer. Also between that in the heart and that with the vocal voice. Something also might be spoken to distinguish between the gifts and graces of prayer, but eschewing this method, my business shall be at this time only to show you the very heart of prayer, without which all your lifting up, both of hands, eyes, and voice, will will be to no purpose at all. I will pray with the Spirit. This method that I shall shall go on in at this time shall be first to show you what true prayer is. Second, to show you what it is to pray with the Spirit. Third, what it is to pray with the Spirit and understanding also. And so, fourthly, to make some short use and application of what shall be spoken. This is very much, sounds like the 1600s, very much like Puritan type writing. And so I just want you to hear how he describes what true prayer is. You ready? Here's John Bunyan, 1600s, how he describes prayer. First, what true prayer is. Prayer is a sincere, sensible, affectionate, pouring out of the heart or soul to God through Christ in the strength and assistance of the Holy Spirit for such things as God hath promised or according to the word for the good of the church with submission and faith to the will of God. So, in his, this description are the following things prayer, number one, it is a sincere, number two, a sensible, number three, an affectionate, number four, pouring out of the soul, number five, to God, number six, through Christ, number seven, by the strength or assistance of the Holy Spirit. Number eight, for such things as God hath promised or according to his word. Number nine, for the good of the church. Number 10, with submission and faith to the will of God. Now, it's one thing that if I'm reading the scripture and there's a promise that's clearly to me, it's applicable to me. I got no problem praying that promise, saying God, you've promised this to me. It's right here in scripture. That, that's fine, because I'm praying scripture. That's fine. I got no problem. I think I think we all can say we have no problem praying and realizing with that prayer comes the submission to God's will. In other words, we can pray for anything, but we say, not my will, but your will be done. I I think we can all acknowledge we can do that. I got no problem praying for things that are clearly mentioned in scripture or promised in scripture. Right, because I'm now now God's word is directing my prayer. I got no problem with that. Now I got to be careful that I'm not ripping promises and saying, "Lord, you promised this when it, it wasn't a promise for me." So we'd have to make sure it's an applicable promise. And some of the, and remember, in the Bible, when you have promises, you got three kinds of promises. You got the uh, you've got the uh, promises that are not applicable. They're not applicable in any way. You got promises that uh, require you to do something. And you got uh, promises that don't require you to do anything, right? You got conditional and not. So you could say this: you got not not applicable, conditional, and non conditional, right? You've got those that are not applicable; they're just not for you. They're for Abraham. They're for Israel. They're for Moses. They're 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 not have nothing to do with you. You have conditional where hey, Lord gave this promise, but you have to do something. Well, in that case. I could pray for that promise, but it's of real no value unless I meet the condition, right? Now you could pray, I guess, to, for you to meet the condition, I guess, but then how does God help you? Well, that gets into it. Can, you know, a, a, a big you know, that the conditional you can get in all day is how to figure that out. Non-conditional is easy. Or unconditional, non-conditional. You don't have to do anything. God gives the promise, and it's just it's yours. You don't have to pray for it. I guess you could pray for it, but it's unconditional. It, it's yours. It's, it, there's no condition attached to it. So I, I, don't, I don't think anyone can, there, there's, I, I can, I can work around that kind of prayer. That's not a problem. I do understand I have to be submissive to God's will. I'm all for that. I do believe prayer should be a sincere pouring out my heart and affections to God. I think there's no problem in prayer. I, In fact, I encourage the, the lament kind of prayer where I offer up a spiritual scream to God, crying out my pain, my confusion, my sin in a very blunt, real way. I think we're all good with that. I think we should do that. We're all good with confessing our sin in prayer. That's There's not a problem there. We always can do that. We can always praise God for who he is because that has nothing to do with what we see in the world. It doesn't matter if the world's on fire. It doesn't matter if there's pain, suffering, death, or cancer. We can pray and praise God for his attributes because those attributes are not impacted by what we experience, feel, or our circumstances. We, we can all do that. that. That's something we can do in prayer. So we can, we can confess. We can lament. We can cry out our pain and our suffering we can praise, we can thank God, we can thank God for the things we know he has done, for sending his son, we can thank Christ for dying for me, for forgiving my sins, for adopting me into the family of God, for choosing me before the foundations of the world, on and on and on and on and on. So we know we can thank God, we know we can praise God, we know we can confess and we know we can lament, we can scream out our pain, our doubt, our confusion, and do so in a real way. Job shows us that. So that, so no matter what else we do in prayer, we know we can do those things in prayer, right? We know we can do those things, right? So now John Bunyan did not break it down exactly that way. But we, I'm, I'm trying to show you what we can do in prayer. In other words, when I looked at his description of prayer, I tried to find out, well, what can? There's so much about prayer I don't understand. These things we all can do every single day. I can, I can give my, my doubts, my confusion, my fear, my, my hypocrisy, everything to God in the most blunt, direct way. I can do that. I know I can confess my sins. I've always got plenty of them. I can always praise God. That's why I talked about this book, Know Him, I can get God's attributes and praise him. And I can use scripture. I can pray the Psalms. I can pray the scriptures. that I can pray any scripture that gives me the attributes of God and praise him for those attributes. I can thank God for all the things scripture gives me that shows me what he's done for me. I I separate prayer and thanksgiving. Now, the issue is those two other things that we sometimes refer to as petitions and intercession, petition a petition for God, a petition God for what I need for me, what I need, what I need, what I need. Intercession is where I pray for others. Now, I have no idea how petition and intercession work. And I don't think anyone who claims they do has any clue. I can be live on the air and pray, Lord, stop the tornado. I'm interceding for the people in this small Mississippi town, God, or pain, suffering, death. I'm, I'm interceding for anyone who has cancer tonight. Like, I, I don't know what that, I, I don't know how that works because I'm praying to the very God who's allowing these situations to unfold in the first place. So there's two parts of prayer. That's where I struggle. Petition and intercession. Now, I know this. We can intercede for anyone about anything, and we can petition God about anything, anytime. Those are facts. We we're, In fact, we're called to bring our petitions and intercessions. We're called to do that. So we should. I just don't know how it works. And anyone who thinks they know how it works, I'm sorry. You don't have a clue. But I know this. In my petition, in my intercession, I must be submissive to the will of God. Now, whether I'm submissive or not submissive to it, things are still going to work according to God's will because he works all things according to his good pleasure and will, which then makes it hard to know how to pray because it's going to work the way God wants it to work anyway. Now, I know some will go to scripture that seems to show prayer changing God's mind, but if it's changing God's mind, well, then God, then that that creates all kinds of problems with a sovereign God who knows the beginning and the end. And now you basically start moving towards open theism and you end up with all kinds of problems. But I know know we are to pray. But we have to be submissive. Now, the only thing I can ever think about is, if you're hearing, that's all my books and notebooks and everything here. Um, Sometimes what I think about is when I'm petitioning God for something or I'm interceding for God, for something, trying to pray for someone. What I, what I sometimes think about is that I do know this when I'm praying, when I'm praying, whether petition or intercession, I know this, I am putting my thoughts and my focus and my attention on God. And I'm not putting my, and even though I'm praying about a a painful situation or a difficult situation, and I'm interceding or petitioning God to do something about it, even if the circumstances don't change, even if nothing changes, it means that I wrestled with God in regards to that problem, and it got my focus on God, not on the problem. Now, you could say, but you're still focusing on the problem. But I am focusing on the problem, but I'm bringing it to God. So at least with the problem, I'm looking upward. I'm not looking around me. I'm not looking down. I'm not looking around me. I'm looking up. So at least my focus, I'm, I'm trying to see the problem that I'm praying about from a God perspective, not a man perspective. So maybe the goal that does the ultimately the goal is it changes our perspective. Now that's not necessarily helpful because you're still going to have to struggle with. I interceded people died. I petitioned. It didn't work. I, I interceded. It didn't work. Now, when we say it didn't work, I know what Christians would say. It's not that it didn't work. It's just that God said no. I understand that. But then you struggle with a whole different issue of why God says no. I know people who work in some careers where they have to deal with children who've been beaten and abused, molested. Horrible things have happened. Horrible. They can tell me about the situation and I could pray about it and pray about it and pray about it and pray about it. You would think God would answer those prayers so that no child would be molested. No child would be beaten. No child would be tortured. Doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So on one hand, I'm looking at it from a God perspective, but then that, that creates difficulty. I mean, this is just, this is the reality of the Christian life. How do we, how do we wrestle with this? I don't have any easy answers. I just know that when this news story goes around, people will look at it and go, wow, he prayed in Jesus name. He prayed that Jesus would help them and people died. Oh wow! you want us to give thoughts and prayers to the to stop gun violence in this country Well, you keep think you keep giving us your thoughts and prayers, and people keep dying. Hey, we want to send our thoughts and prayers to those in the Ukraine while, the war keeps going. We want to give thoughts and prayers for people in in the path of this horrible hurricane and while the hurricane strikes, and people drown and die and And the property is destroyed. We want to give thoughts and prayers to this family because the mother has been diagnosed with cancer and she dies. I I don't have any easy answers. I just know this my own personal struggle cannot stop me it should not stop me I should say it can but it shouldn't stop me from trying to increase the amount that I do pray and I and, and I am curious though Christians constantly say I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you, I pray. I wonder how many times we actually pray for them. I, that's another subject. I wonder. I'll pray for you. Yeah, really? Are you really going to pray for me? Now, I know some people will. I know there's always those people. I think every church usually has those people who they definitely pray. I mean, they are committed to prayer. They will. There's some in my church I know that, yeah, they they say they're going to pray, they're going to pray. That's the people you want to send prayer requests to. There's others I think are well-intentioned, but usually by the time they say I'll pray for you, about within 15 minutes they've already forgotten what they're even supposed to be praying about. So I try to be very careful. If I say I'm going to pray for someone, I try to make sure I write that down everywhere. Because, you know, that's horrible to say you're going to pray for someone and you don't. I don't know. I, I I know there has to be others who struggle with these same issues. There has to be. But how do we process it? Jesus, help them. Death, destruction. I'm going to get, in fact, I'm going to check my email right now. Probably already getting emails with people losing their minds on me and getting mad and getting upset. And how dare you say these kinds of things? But these are just things that we all struggle with. At least, oh, well, maybe, I, let me take that back. Things I struggle with. Okay, no. Okay, no, I was making sure. No, no, no emails about that currently. But I'm going to, I mean, I've thought about maybe trying to do more teaching on prayer, but I don't have a good answer on what to say. I don't have a good answer on what to do. I'm just being honest with you. I don't have a good answer. I mean, I've read countless books on prayer. I mean, it's always the basic thing, you know, pray. And basically, I guess if you're righteous enough and good enough, God's going to answer your prayer. And if you're not righteous and good enough, God won't. Well, that's problematic because I'm never going to be righteous or good enough. But in Christ, I am righteous and good enough. So then does my positional righteousness suffice for my prayer to be answered? And then people say, well, if you pray according to God's will, and you say, well, if I pray according to God's will, so you're saying it's not God's will to stop a child from being molested. It's not God's will for a child to stop being abused. It's not God's will for people to stop starving to death. That's problematic. And then, well, okay, then I'll pray that I'll stop sinning. Is it God's will that I stop sinning? I'll pray that I'll understand the Bible completely and that the church would have one doctrine, one faith, one baptism, one hope, one Lord, one Lord's Supper, one everything. Well, don't he, does he want? Does he not want unity? Well, then why doesn't it happen? That raises serious questions too. I don't think we're ever going to have that. I don't think we're ever going to have the answer. To me, and I'll just end with this: to me, the book of Job is kind of an example of prayer. All this stuff is going on in heaven that we have no clue what's going on. And we're not told what's going on. We're not given any insight. Job had no clue what's going on. He had no clue at all. No clue at all. Job cried out to God. Job prayed. Job, all this stuff. He he cried out to God, cried out to God. The suffering went on as long until... Well, until the, the test was over. God's, God is the one who set the whole thing up. God's the one who placed any limits on it. God let it all happen. He He controlled the whole thing. Job cried, cried out to God, cried out to God, cried out to God. God didn't answer. God didn't answer. God didn't answer. Job is able to d- speak to God, gives him all of his questions. All he receives is more questions. He, Job is never explained once what happened. Not one time. Not once is he given answers. And I think that's how our life is. We don't know what's going on in heaven. I have no clue what's going on in the mind of God and the eternal plan of God. I have no clue. I have no clue. But I know I am called to pour out my heart to God. I know I'm called to pray. And I know I don't do that near enough or right enough because I because these other things impact me wanting to pray. All right, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. I guarantee you that I, well, I'll put it this way. I promise you that I'm struggling right now trying to figure out what could we do? Like, as a podcast with all of you guys there, what could we do to increase all of our prayer? Like, could we create a system so that we can all start praying and even though we don't have answers and we know we don't know, have it all figured out, we can pray about situations. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any easy answer. I know I have a hard enough time doing it. But I know people have things going on in their life every single day. Like, I want to pray for them. Maybe I, I don't know. Does, does it matter if five people are praying versus one? I don't know. But I know we're all called to pray. So if I can do something to encourage us all to pray, because we're all supposed to be praying, that would be a good thing if I could get people praying, including me. Like, I'm not saying, hey, guys, you need to pray, because I'm the one saying, I, that's, that's the weak area of my Christian life. But I know I can do this every day. Bring my spiritual laments to God, crying out, being open, brutal, honest, I know I can confess my sins every day. I know I can praise God for who he is every day. I know I can thank God for what he has done and will do. And, I, and, I, I, and I, know, I know I can be submissive saying your will, not my will be done. I know I can do all of those. The petition and intercession I struggle with, but I can do it. I just have no clue how it all works. Those other things should be easy to do because those are not even confusing. All right, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for just listen, this, listening to me in real time, live on the air, try to process this news story because, like I said, I, I debated what to do, what to do, and I thought, you know what? I don't have this figured out, but I'll just talk to everyone else and uh, let them hear my struggles because maybe someone else struggles with the same thing. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a wonderful Saturday night. I hope church tomorrow goes wonderful. I hope it's great. I hope it's awesome. And uh, always email me any questions, struggles, doubts, thoughts, things you need me to cover because I always try my best to do exactly that. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. God bless.